On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Yanni Mazur from Gatita.com. We had a great conversation based all around Amazon, uh, based all around uh, you know selling on different channels. We talked about his growth. Uh, he was actually a uh, eight-figure, almost nine-figure seller at one point, uh, and now solves uh, a massive, massive problem that all Amazon sellers that use fulfillment by Amazon will come upon at one point. You guys are not gonna wanna miss this one. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news? Our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I am joined by Yanni Mazur from Gatita.com. Yanni, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you so much, Jordan. Great to be here. I'm delighted. It's a privilege and uh, humbled. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, man, I'm I'm just so excited to get to have this conversation with you because you and I uh, had this conversation on your podcast recently. Awesome conversation. Absolutely loved it. And I was really looking forward to getting a chance to chat with you. So for people who don't know anything about you, just give us a little overview of who you are and what you do. Got it. So as of today, I'm one of the co-founders and uh, chief growth officer of uh, Gatita. Uh, in a nutshell, Gatita, we are a technology company and our mission is to help e-commerce sellers, uh, predominantly Amazon sellers, with uh, their auditing needs. So any of the inventory that gets uh, uh, it has it gets any discrepancies or issues within Amazon's uh, logistical system called FBA, Fulfilled by Amazon, we have a technology that helps to discover it, but also a dedicated service team that helps kind of uh, you know provide recoveries and refunds if anything that's eligible for refund. Uh, today, we're the largest organization in the world focused on this mission. Um, and focus on the niche of Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements. We have a global team of over 130 people in six countries. We audit billions of dollars worth of uh, FBA transactions every single day. Uh, so that's where I'm today. But if you want, I want, I can touch about, I guess, the, the, the e-commerce history or past that I have, you know, for over a decade. I would love that. I'd love that. Let, let's get into that because I, I want to make sure people understand that you're, you're not just some random dude that came on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear. I got it. So yeah, that's where Gatita is today. We, if, if needed, later on, we can, uh, I guess, discuss more about the, the, how we can help uh, if anybody needs uh, from the audience uh, help with what we do. But Absolutely. Gatita was born from our activity as uh, you know online retailers. So uh, uh, what happened was a decade ago, we started selling online. Back in the day, the main arena, uh, the main arena for us was eBay because you know, uh, like a decade ago, Amazon was up and coming, um, but eBay was a main thing. Uh, so that's where we started. And then uh, 2013, we started selling on Amazon, and the business really boomed and grew to uh, you know 20 million in annual uh, revenue very, very quickly. And then we became a part of a larger group that together as a group we're doing about 100 million in, in revenue yearly. And what and happened how, was how did that was, work? How did 
how did you become a part of that group? Because I'm very interested in when when companies like that integrate with each other. We're we're in the midst of building out some so a private equity model right now with some of the companies we own too. So I love hearing about this. You got it. So um, I'm gonna backstep a little bit so we understand that the chain of events that led to to the I guess unification. But um, so when we started early on on eBay, um, you know, I, I had a job with doing just sales and marketing for a supplements company, and my current and my partner back then, and even today, we're partner, partners in Gatita. Uh, he was doing, you know, accounting. So, um, but uh, you know, on the side, we were very passionate about, I guess, being entrepreneurs or trying to make some money. So, we delved into e-commerce. We said, you know, there's there's a way, there's a whole market out there on eBay that whatever we can get our hands on, let's offer it out and make some money. So that's what we did. Um, but um, at some point, we're able to, uh, uh, you know, make a good connection uh, with uh, this uh, this gentleman who uh, was like, you know, over 30 years in business and he had a, a lot of uh, watches. He was like a watch dealer, broker, wholesaler, cool. and he was stuck with a lot of inventory, a lot of dead inventory. So he said, you know, I have all this dead inventory, you know, why don't you just put it online and see what happens? So we did. We put all that inventory online and boom, it got, got sold out very quickly. So Awesome. That was like a you know a changing moment for him, and I guess also for us. So he said, you know what, uh, I have all these stores and all these locations here that I work with for all these thirty years. Why don't you do the same thing for them? So uh, we went to all these uh, jewelry stores in the New York area and uh, said, you know, you guys have any inventory that you don't need or basically is dead? All of a sudden they open up their safes and it's millions of dollars worth of you know inventory that is just dead. And just we know the the because e-commerce was taking over the the brick and mortar business and they were mm-hmm. being left out. So we created this huge catalog with all this inventory of all these watches and some jewelry for all these retailers. Uh, and that was still all kind of on the eBay domain. But um, then 2013, I think Amazon um, opened up uh, the watch category. So I said, you know, let's try it. You know, Amazon is kind of up and coming. And that was like that was like a tornado. It was like everything that we put in was immediately gozzled, guzzled up. So what happened was all the suppliers that we were buying from, they couldn't keep up. So they all wow. kind of said, you know, um, let's let's just, you know, we'll connect you to our supplier. And, and they said, let's you connect you to our, to our supplier. So very close, we, uh, we uh, very quickly, we got uh, connected to the source. And once the source spotted us out and we were doing significant volume, he said, let's just, you know, let's let's team up, let's partner together and you'll be part of my group. And then, you know, we'll all cross pollinate and help each other and, you know, operate on the, on the, the maximum scale level possible. Cool. And that was in a nutshell how we were able to kind of scale up on a very strategic level. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. So let's get into Amazon today, right? So, you know, we're in 2022 recording this last day of August in 2022. This will probably come out sometime in October, I'm guessing, um, as you guys are listening to this. Let's talk about the problem of Amazon FBA. How prevalent is this issue where they're, you know, there's damaged inventory, they're losing inventory, they're, the inventory count is wrong, what, whatever those issues are. Can you walk me through what this big problem is? As Especially because people who are listening to this podcast, a lot of them have started to delve into Amazon, probably even send items into FBA and, and start figuring out like, oh, this is great. So Walk me through what the, this big issue is. You got it. So just to clarify, so for, for any of you listening or just don't, don't understand all the technicalities, I'm going to get very basic so you understand all the entire context. So once again, so when you offer your products on Amazon, logistically speaking, you have two options, two main options. One option is that you have your own fulfillment center or use other th- third-party logistics centers that they will store your, the, your inventory. And once the order is coming from the marketplace, they're going to pick and pack them and fulfill them. That's the first option. It's called typically within the Amazon world, it's called FBM, fulfilled by merchant. You're the merchant, you fulfill it one way or another. Okay. The second option is that you can just ship in bulk all your inventory to Amazon's fulfillment centers. They have 140 plus just in in the the United States alone. They have, of course, worldwide. They have in Canada as well. 
And uh, and this program, Amazon calls it FBA fulfillment by Amazon. So you can you know ship your inventory in, in bulk to FBA to the fulfillment by Amazon centers. And if you do so, here's the myriad of issues that can happen. Right? I'll I'll, I'll simplify the the I guess the the chain of events. So let's say uh, Jordan, you shipped a thousand units to Amazon's fulfillment centers, and yeah. Amazon instead of receiving one thousand units, they only received nine hundred ninety. So ten units are missing. Why? So you gotta, Where did the ten go? <laughs> Tell me, Amazon, you know, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a human error, or somebody uh, is very fond of your products, or the carrier uh, messed up. There could yeah. be a variety of reasons, but you don't really delve into the reasons. You just say, hey, you got you, the seller, need to reconcile and look into the shipment and say, hey. There's actually 10 units missing, so you need to open a case with Amazon to bring it to their attention so they can investigate. And, yeah. and let's say they found the missing 10 units. You can sell them, make money. Everybody's good to go. No harm done. That's all good. Yeah. But if they, they don't find the missing units and they deem it as lost, they will activate their insurance policy. Uh, and within this policy, they uh, they will provide a reimbursement, a refund. And that's also a good recovery for the seller and, and everything. Everybody's good to go. That's the entry-entry level. That's the beginning of the issues, right? Yeah. But let's say your, your inventory is already inside Amazon's fulfillment centers. Inside. They're already in the bins. Already yeah. stored. That's when the units your units can get lost. Again, inside the centers, destroyed, yeah. disappeared, disposed, overcharged with fees, and all these you know four or five issues can happen uh, in the warehouse, but also between the warehouse. Because sometimes Amazon might shift your products, Jordan, from you know, let's say Kentucky to California, California to Nevada, because they want to spread it out, so they have one or two day prime shipping. So yeah. those same four or five things uh, things happen as well. You know, units get lost, damaged, destroyed, disappeared, overcharged with fees, but also between the fulfillment centers to the consumer. As the orders come in, same things happen. Consumers back to Amazon with all the refunds that returns. And from the fulfillment center back to you, the seller, right? If you remove yeah. your inventory from FBA. So all these five, six logistics uh, friction points uh, and all these four or five uh, issues that can happen. So it brings it to a total of more than like than 30 scenarios when all these issues can happen. And sellers need to be on the lookout for that and order for that. And Amazon high level gives you about 18 months window to look back to get those refunds. And if you don't do it on time, it, your eligibility to get those refunds expires. So within that world, we kind of come in with our technology to help solve it because it's it's kind of painful to go and browse, you know, brush and browse through all these reports and filter them and ma and manipulate them to kind of understand mathematically where's the minus one. You're constantly looking for minus one, and you present it to them, explain why is it minus one, until it becomes a zero. Either they found it, they replaced it, or they refunded it. So that's yeah. the mathematical world that we live in. It's not sexy. It's not beautiful. But we try to make it sexy and beautiful, you know, in terms of uh, because here's the good news. So the thing is Amazon uh, provides you the reimbursement. What's nice about it that you're able to go back 18 months and all this data and flush your business back with cash you never expected to have. Mm, how great is that? That's part of the magic, right? So with all this boring mathematics and discrepancies, you're able to generate cash out of it. And hopefully when the sellers get the cash back to their pockets, they're able to reinvest in their business. They can buy more inventory, source more goods, or invest more into advertising. Whatever it is that they need to do to kind of you know ignite and fire up the business, uh, that's when we take a lot of pride, uh, you know, helping them with the, the, all this cash flow, uh, you know, uh, injection, and then uh, the passion about uh, you know keeping the business uh, growing and, and focusing on on, on growing it. Because be beyond the money and the reimbursement that we actually uh, you know that's our core competency that we help sellers get back. We also take a lot of pride in educating sellers, mm. sponsor, sponsoring a lot of educational events. Um, small notice about our my, my CEO, my partner, uh, Eitan Wiener. He, uh, he's with us today. He's uh, you know, as an investor and CEO for, for almost two years now. Uh, he is actually uh, a very well-established you know, seller, uh, e-commerce seller. He had his own website, Amazon as well. Uh, he maybe was selling tens of millions of dollars a year, and, and, uh, and he sold that business to a public company, so he made a good exit. 
so it, you know it was a world class organization that got sold to a public company. That's a, a one thing he did. The second thing is uh, that he did is he actually created or it was one of the co founders of the Prosper Show. Ever heard of the Prosper Show? Yeah. Very good. So the Prosper Show is the benchmark of, of or the most important, uh, you know, a, a conference and show for Amazon sellers in the world. And he cool. was one of the founders of that, and he sold that again to a public company. Now it's owned by a public company. So today's with us, and, and that passion to help you know sellers get together, you know, network, connect with each other, support each other, and, and educate themselves and, and grow. That's also kind of in our DNA. So we sponsor a lot of events. Um, you, you might be listening to this in October, but. In September, we'll actually be we'll be sponsoring uh, an, an Amazon conference in Seattle, an Amazon's home base. Amazon cool. has invited us to, you know, sponsor promote. It's called Amazon Accelerate. It's a, it's a big. It's gonna be the we call it the Super Bowl event. It's gonna be 2,500 sellers, Amazon sellers from all over the world coming. Wow. In person, but also around 15,000 plus Amazon sellers uh, online. You know, virtually logging into this conference to watch all the content, all the educational pieces. Uh, so we're very proud of that uh, because we're partnered with Amazon. Amazon has an app store and their platform, and in the platform you, f- you can find Gatita, which means we we're an authorized solution provider, and we have a commitment to. Uh, the sellers, but also to Amazon to make sure that we're terms of service compliant, data security, private policy, things of that nature. We got to perform on the highest level. Uh, so put it all together, that's kind of how we try to make, you know, something which is kind of boring, a bit more exciting than it actually is, and and really support the, the industry and community out there. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Let's talk about Amazon in 2022. What's changing right now as far as uh, the just the whole? I mean, we had 2020, right, which was insane. Um, no one knew that with the pandemic was going to come this massive rush to online, right? Like, I don't, I don't think anyone could have thought in 2019, this is going to happen. 2022, what's going on on Amazon? Are are we still seeing growth? Is it still worthwhile for brands, especially direct to consumer brands who are listening to this to, to make the move over to Amazon? I think the overwhelming answer is yes. And for a variety of reasons, um, the industry is still growing. The only thing is that it's, uh, it's going slower, than it, than it actually was in the past two years because of the past two years it was hyper growth. So mm. in other words, almost like a hangover it was, you know, it was a big party for 2020, 2021. Uh, you know, the pandemic propelled the e-commerce uh, industry and community five, 10 years into the futures in terms of uh, adaptation because you have all these age groups that would never would have adapted uh, e-commerce that had to adapt because they were stuck at home, they were stranded. So all of a sudden they started shopping online in websites and in Amazon and they had all these new users coming in. So the, these past two years it was booming. Now mm. it's subsiding, you know, things are opening up again. People are going back to in-person and physical stores, taking vacations and, you know, trying to live life again. So the growth is still there, but it just subsided. It's not as strong or not, not in double digits, at least on Amazon. So yeah, small numbers. Amazon grew, I think, more than 20, 30% in the past two years, which is very, very aggressive for a company that's already worth Such hundreds of billions of dollars. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I think from 2019 to 2020, they grew from I think 300 billion to 400 billion. It's like over 100 billion, over 30 percent in just one year. Just insane, just to think about that. Wow. Because they're a heavyweight, you know, gorilla. And I think the same thing kind of happened uh, in the the, the the year afterwards. But this year, 2022, in the first and second quarter, I believe Amazon's growth width was uh, you know uh, like seven or eight percent. Still growing. Not as aggressively, so so it's so that's a high level, you know, macro on Amazon's, uh, you know, marketplace and and, and business. But uh, as for Amazon sellers or or, or uh, D2C brands, direct to consumers brands who want to get into the Amazon game, yes, definitely 100%. There's if you're not in it, you're just kind of missing out because, you know, Amazon consumers and shoppers. I'm one of them. You have my Prime membership. I'm an open wallet. Yeah. When I want things, yeah. I go to Amazon. I don't scrutinize too much. I see that it's, it's a good price uh, with the, the good rating, good good reviews, and you know it looks fair. Boom, I just buy it. it. I don't want to overthink. Yeah. yeah. So 
as long as you have a really good a product, a really good quality, uh, with competitive price, you should be there. And I'll give you a, a very interesting statistical point that I want to highlight here because I think it will make a lot of impact. So uh, let me ask you the question and see if you can guess the answer. But sure, uh, sure. You know, so so what is in percentage, uh, right? In terms of a percentage rate. So what is the percentage of of a chance of consumers buying something, a product on Amazon instead of any other website out there? What are the what is the likelihood in percentage? Is it uh, from zero to one hundred percent? So what is the percentage that you or, or any consumers out there will buy something something on Amazon? Uh, you know, preferably versus on a, Amazon versus another versus website. Versus any other website in the yeah in the universe. Probably forty percent, I would say. Okay, okay, it's a fair guess, but it's eighty nine percent. There's eighty nine percent more likelihood for consumers to, to to prefer to buy something on Amazon than any other marketplace or any mm. other website out there because the, the 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 trust level that people have in Amazon is so great. Right, people know that they're gonna get their the money's worth because if there's an issue, of course they're gonna take care of it. It's reputable and every everything like that. So that is the moat that Amazon has between itself and anything that's out there online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like a digital wall that they have. Uh, you know. So so if anybody listening to this uh, who are successful in building their own business and private label brand uh, outside of Amazon's universe, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Like amazing because I live in the universe where. You know, most of e-commerce sellers were successful inside Amazon's platform because of that strength, and they're dying to be able to flip and, and be flip able to script. yeah yeah, yeah right. the script and, and be able. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you're successful without Amazon Universe, this is amazing, amazing news because yeah. you know 89 percent of the <laughs> world is trying to do the brand. Yes, you build a real, real business, but uh, the, rea- the the reality is, and it's a good reality that there's so many consumers out there that you don't have access to. You're just yeah. limited on your resources to touch those consumers. But Amazon has that have them has them in their pocket and their wallet is pretty much opened up. So you list your product on Amazon, you make it as beautiful as you can, you drive traffic to it the same way you kind of drive traffic uh, successfully into your website. Yeah. Just put it there, and what's happening, what's going to happen effectively as it builds up uh, its rank, Amazon, it's all a ranking system. It grow it grows up the rank, right, and it gets good reviews and, and a good establishment. The algorithm will take care of itself. Is it going to keep, keep driving traffic within Amazon? To your listing, it's just gonna boom. So, if you're doing a million a year on your your website, there's a good chance you'll be able to do a million or, or ten million or more, and it's yeah, gonna be a game changer Amazon. for you in terms of scale. So, keep your business, keep it, keep nourishing. It's all good. And if Amazon brings you all this new juice, all this new money coming in, you know it's great news. You have a good, a better business, a better brand with more reach. But keep investing in the core business. Always keep investing in a core business and your relationship with your consumers, your database, your your email base, your your followers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a killer combination. You have, uh, you're very versatile on multi-channel. Uh, you do really well. I want to step back a little bit and kind of also remind everybody listening here, I assume they're mostly retailers, that your fiduciary duty as a brand owner or a retailer is to be able to offer your goods and products to consumers everywhere, all over the world even. Right? That's the ambition of every brand. Think Nike. Nike yeah. doesn't say I'm only selling Amazon or only selling my website. I'm selling those. I'm going to sell Walmart. I'm going to sell uh, Walmart.com. I don't know if they have it in the stores. I'm going to sell Full Locker. I'm going to sell in uh, you know moms and pop stores. I'm going to yeah. be a mega brand. I'm just going to be a yeah. universal brand. That is the ambition that should be to most brands out there that they really have a universal product. Uh, so don't limit yourself. Think open. Think uh, you know worldwide. Of course, if you're successful in the U.S. or Canada uh, within your website and Amazon, guess what? Try to open up. You know, make your website in other languages. Yeah, like in German or whatever. So try to be a multinational because it's so easy today. You know, much more than other other decades because 
up to the advent of e-commerce, you're very limited on international business. You have to really try to figure it out today. No, you can do Shopify or BigCommerce, a website, put it in a different language pretty easily. You can get translators to, to pick up the nuances of each language so you're in business internationally. But also Amazon has that. Amazon has Amazon UK, Amazon Germany, Amazon France, Spain. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're really multinational and you can really communicate with consumers worldwide in a very cost-effective way. I think that's exciting news for, for entrepreneurs out there. Absolutely. I love that. Thanks for thanks for adding that in there, because I think that that's really, really important and something that we've really tried to push people on is you are not just a direct consumer brand, right? Like maybe you started there. Maybe that was your core business. But if you want to build an actual brand, you need to be everywhere, right? It's it. That is the name of the game. You want to build a business that you can sell for massive multiples. You got to be everywhere, right? You cannot just rely. And we saw the brands that were just relying on Facebook ads, right? They, a lot of them are either gone or, you know, they've been picked up for, for pennies on the dollar because they're not really worth much right now. Um, yeah, you got to be versatile. You got to be everywhere. And then you're going to have a really, really strong business because you have all these streams of revenue coming in from everywhere because consumers love your brand and they, they're able to reach it and access it from every, almost every outlet possible. And you'll be almost like you said, invincible. So if uh, your website shuts down for whatever reason, or Amazon shuts down. You're still in business and you're doing well. Yeah. Not nothing's too big to fail for you because you're so big, anyways, and, and you're so versatile. So think those dimensions. Aspire to get to those dimensions. You probably a lot of you will. It's not so hard as it sounds. It's just in you know diligence, focus, and determination, and every day a little bit more, you'll get to really beautiful destinations. Awesome, awesome, love it. I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast: What is your secret to scaling? Um, realizing that I'm a professional. I started everything as a side hustle. I, t- I was telling you that I was doing sales and distribution for you yeah. know, a supplements company and I was doing it on the side. But the moment I made the switch, I said, this is my profession. Like a doctor, like a lawyer, it made all the difference in the world. I was committed. I was focused. All the brilliance, intelligence, creativity, energy, and love was pushed into that as a professional. And, and uh, you know, scaling became almost like second nature. There's no mm. other way but up because there's so much potential out there. It's, it's interesting that you bring that up. So for a long time in business, I was also a paramedic on the side. And and like we talked about, I think, on your podcast. And it's interesting once you really make that true transition from side hustle. And it's interesting because our side hustles were all like seven-figure side hustles. <laughs> but, I, but I really wanted that stability. I remember somebody who I really respected when I owned my first business, which was a restaurant. It was a, a chain restaurant. And I really respected this guy. And he said, never quit your job. You never quit your job. And I was like, huh. So I kept that for a long time until I realized, ah, I don't think that fits anymore. I don't think that advice fits anymore. So that's great. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, Yoni, I've got three more questions for you. I hope that you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, first question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Slack. Okay. Why, why Slack? Because Slack is incredible so just go yeah, for it i'd love yeah, to hear yeah in a nutshell i think it it, it, it provides uh you know i have over 130 team members in, in the company uh in slack when i get slack messages i actually read them because it's unique so it democratizes the the, the organization it makes it very flat so anybody even the new hire somebody got hired today or yesterday they want to reach out they slack me they got my direct intention and that's a really cool it's a scale you also asked about scaling it's, it's an amazing tool to be able to scale you can create all these groups and all these uh, notifications coming in from the website or for customer support or cross-company partnerships that we have or really big clients that we have. You create all these channels and flow. I think that's very unique, very comfortable. I actually use it also. I have my own my Slack channel. It's called Dionis. It's my own Slack channel. It's my notepad. Yeah. 
So everywhere yeah. I go, I go into Yoni Channel. I have notes from everywhere. So I could put Jordan West uh, over there. I'll see all the notes regarding you. It's my database. So it's very versatile. Helps me scale. Helps me grow. It's affordable. Um, it's just a cool feature. So totally, I love the being able to to chat with other businesses uh, through Slack as well, like the Slack Connect, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, being able to like at at the you know touch of a finger just be like boom i can get a hold of this person and essentially text with them so there's yeah slack is just phenomenal every time somebody invites me to microsoft teams i'm like uh what are you like 80 <laughs> uh, yeah i feel the same way it's uh, so true i was like it is good. It's a good thing, Microsoft Teams, but it's just you know so foreign to that universe. So when I, I have to go there, I uh, start to kind of also get a little down. But it is what it is. Yeah, and also Slack. Uh, pretty sure that's a Vancouver company too. Uh, part of our big tech bubble oh, yeah? over here. Oh, so. no, congratulations, amazing. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got some great uh, some great Vancouver tech uh, over here. Uh, next question for you: favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Uh, audiobook that I listened: The Intelligent Investor by. Um, uh wow uh i forgot the name benjamin graham you oh, ever heard okay. of that yeah yes i have yeah i'm gonna actually add that one to my list right now yes yeah, so awesome. i just small uh the author benjamin graham is the is the spiritual father of uh warren buffett it's all about how really uh-huh. intelligently investing your business he was a professor at uh, columbia university where uh, warren buffett went to school and he was his professor i believe or lecturer and he adopted that uh, strategy to the to the full brim and became a legendary investor they called the oracle from omaha and uh, that was the that that's kind of a pivotal pivotal book for him uh cool. that changed his life and many investors lives so i listened to it on audible and uh it's impactful i actually utilize the strategy cool cool i'm gonna add that right after this and guys remember everything we talk about here we do try to put into the show notes so um make sure that you guys are checking out the show notes afterwards uh last question for you if you could sit down with anybody you get an hour with them they have to be alive can't be elon musk who would it be <laughs> Oh, somebody's alive. Da, da, da. Mm, that's a tough one. I didn't see that coming. Um, you know what? Because of the times of war, maybe Putin. I would, president, oh. I would be uh, controversial. I said, like, what's going on? What's going on here? I mean, open up. Talk, let's talk straight. How can we resolve this? What's the? It seems like the whole war is in one person's brain and, and mindset, and it's affecting the, the whole world. So maybe that. At this point. Oh, that's a what a great answer. I'd love to sit down with him and and see like, hey. Are, are you are you for serious? Is this real? Like what? Because we're all we're so different culturally, right? Especially as you know, Americans and Canadians, like so different. We just think about the world differently, but we don't know. I, I have a, a great employee of mine who uh, came from Russia, and he thinks just totally differently, and that's okay. It's actually wonderful to have his thoughts, but but I'd love to see it from Putin's perspective. That would yeah, be well, yeah, incredibly interesting. Yeah, the opportunity to touch that enigma, yeah, to touch that enigma for a quick moment, uh, this day and age, it will be, for me, fascinating, so. Yeah, a uh, quick, since you brought him up, uh, interestingly, uh, a family member of mine who used to be a big developer uh, in Ukraine after the fall of the Soviet Union, um, Putin came to Winnipeg for two weeks and stayed with him um, before he was a big deal. I think at this time, this is when he was the mayor of St. Petersburg. Oh wow! Um, that's, that's and pretty, uh, and he came, and so our family has all these photos of, of a family member of ours with Vladimir Putin. I'm like, this is our, our little claim to fame with him. So, so somebody had that opportunity to sit down and pick up the enigma. So, uh, and in your family, so it's a, it's a nice connection here. Really, really yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, Yanni, this was a great conversation. Where can people find out more about you, and then more about Getita as well? You got it. So you can visit my uh, my page. It's uh, getita.com forward slash yoni dash info. 
so you'll be able to connect with me on social media, my personal phone number, my WhatsApp. I'm pretty open and, Amazing. and straightforward, so feel free to reach out. Uh, you can also visit and learn more about Getita at getita.com. Uh, yeah, any anything we can do to help solve your problems or challenges or just meet you in events that we sponsor worldwide, uh, it would be our pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Great conversation. Thanks again so much for your time. You got it. Take care, everybody. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.